Thanks for joining us for our conversation this week. I'm Amy Tokas, co-host with Sandy Lane. Sometimes our competence on a topic is greater than our competence. This episode, Sandy and I share when we've been armchair quarterbacks. This conversation takes us down the road of growth mindset and the Think Again book by Adam Grant. The more we know, the more we realize how much we don't know. Always keeping it real. Thanks for listening to Your Real, Your Ideal. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, Sandy. Amy, good morning. Hey, did you watch football this weekend? You know what? I listened from afar. I did not watch closely. Um, how bad am I? I was. Hey, no, you're not bad. There's not on my body. Garrett had it going and he would turn it on the TV. So I paid some attention. Um, how about you? Oh yeah. You know me. I, um, yeah, I like football. And so, yes, I was watching football and the chiefs won. So it's always a good weekend when the chiefs win. I did know that. And Garrett said that, uh, Denver won just by a hair. And my comment was, well, they won. They won. It's all, you know, the W is all that counts in football. <laughs> I'm nursing a cold. So apologies to anyone who hear me a sniffling and Amy, you sound very good. You had lost your voice. So I know I'm doing much better today. I have a little bit of a cough. So every once in a while, I'm going to have to like mute and cough <laughs> other than that. All good. Okay. So I asked about football because today we're going to talk about armchair quarterback and, um, this is not a football conversation, but, <laughs> um, it kind of, uh, talks to how we view sports and how we view other things. And I'll just give a definition of armchair quarterback real quick. Um, armchair quarterback is the overbelief in yourself without the skills or expertise to back it up. Um, sometimes this feeling enables us to take bold steps and try new things beyond our abilities, which creates good experiences, but on the flip side, it can get us into trouble by allowing our opinions to dominate, regardless of the fact that we may not be the most knowledgeable in the room. All right. So what are your thoughts? My thoughts are we have a lot of armchair quarterbacks in this world and I can be guilty as charged. It's just such a natural inclination to observe something or situation and think, you know, better, right? Um, What's interesting is you talked about watching football this weekend the blog post, I brought back a very popular story I wrote 10 years ago. And it was about right after my middle son had won the state championship. And it was actually positive, but I was like my view as the mom from the stands, not knowing the X's nose. But if it's funny, after I reread it, I'm like, I was being a little bit judgy because I was talking about boy number one versus boy number two and boy number two was really good. And part of me rereading this 10 years later was like, wow, did I really know the whole story about boy number one? <laughs> um, right. Did I really? And so it was, I truly hadn't read the story for 10 years. It was picked up by the Omaha World Herald. It got picked up by several publications. So it was very popular. But it was, in my mind, I thought, oh, easy to repost because it's been through so many editors that I won't have to do much. But the interesting 
response from me was, oh, was I being a little judgmental on my comparing and contrasting of the two boys, or was I jumping on a, a conclusion? And that's what I'm thinking about with the armchair quarter or arm, sorry, armchair quarterback or kind of an armchair coach is um, I did jump to some conclusions. And that was, but the story came off as being a highly popular, positive story. So it isn't always a negative, it doesn't always come across as a negative thing. And it's good to challenge ourselves a little bit in our thinking. You know what? I like what you said. Um, I, I will tell you, I think time gives us perspective, right? Like sometimes when we're in the middle of it, we know, we know better and we're very confident we know better, but then when you step away and you're like, all right, now that the emotions go away, because a lot of times the emotions tend to make us think we know better. Um, then you can say, all right, what did I really know about that situation? And then ask those questions because then you can start approaching things a little bit differently, possibly. Do you think sometimes it's heightened by emotions when you're a parent too, because part of it's a protection uh, of your own parenting and children by saying what they're doing is right. And so then you're forming judgment on others. And I find myself doing that in certain things where we talk about, uh, there's a word we always use for this, basically following the track of the norm. Uh, so when my kids aren't doing the norm, a life script, thank you. The life (laughs) when we're not following the life script model, I can be a little judgy by those that are right by saying, Oh, you know, but I think what I'm trying to do is pat myself on the back that I'm allowing, I'm, I'm taking the hard road. So I'm kind of doing the flip where others might be saying, oh, you know, this is how you should be parenting. I can do the flip thing back to them, which is, you know, I, it's interesting that you bring up parenting because I do think there are a lot of armchair quarterbacks when it comes to parenting because all the time everybody's doing it differently. And And I'm going to say different children respond differently to different styles. Right. And so what you're doing might be working well for your children, but it may not work for other people's children and vice versa. So you have to like not be um, judgy about it. I would say judgy because armchair quarterback is a lot about, I know better than you. So this is what I think. And it's, you know, you're wrong. I'm right. One of the big things in life and especially in parenting is there's a lot of gray area. So even regardless of how the child's going to react, I think about that, like with, you have to make a decision on, you know, you got to make decisions and it could go right or it could go wrong. So you're brilliant when they catch the Hail Mary and you're an idiot if they don't catch it and they drop it. Right. But right. there's no guarantee. Why did you make that call? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we live in gray area. We're if it, it goes back to positive assuming positive intent, right? Yeah. It's if you're trying your best and you're you're taking all factors into account. At the end of the day, there isn't a black and white answer, and you got to throw it into the gray and see what yeah. is that what you learn from it, right? And I always think with football, especially you know, I don't know the X's and the O's. I just know from a, um, from a viewer, from a fan, what it looks like. Okay. 
but I heard a coach talking about something and he was talking about how the strategy was, we're going to do this for this play and then we'll get a read on the defense. And then the next play, we know what will work. So if you're judging the first play, then it's going to look like, why did they run that play? But the second play, you're like, all right, yeah, that's what I they should have run the first time. But you don't know the whole picture yes, and the whole strategy. So this whole concept came up because I read Adam Grant think again this summer. Have you read that book? I can't remember if you'd read it. Oh, it's on my list. It's really uh, thought provoking because he shares um, the four ways you can approach any situation <clears throat> and you can approach it by being a politician, a preacher, a prosecutor, or a scientist. Okay. Those are your four roles. And I'm going to tell you, we go in and out of these all the time. I think it's, um, and I'll explain what they all are because, but there's no, like, I'm this all the time because I don't think anybody can be that all the time. So here they are. Um, the preacher is I'm right. You're wrong. They approach things like that. Okay. That's the preacher. The prosecutor is you're wrong. I'm right. So you're approaching it. Just you're wrong. (laughs) Or you may not even be saying I'm right, but you're wrong. Say it again. Preacher versus prosecutor. The preacher is I'm right. Okay. The prosecutor prosecutor is you're wrong. wrong. Okay. Okay. So the preacher, you might be in a room trying to tell everybody that you're right. And that they all need to follow you because you're right. The prosecutor, somebody might bring up an idea in a room and you're just saying you're wrong. You may not have the right answer, but you're, you know, they're wrong. Okay. And then the politician is trying to win approval. So you're in the room and a topic comes up and you're trying to, you know, be the one that wins the approval. So you'll pretty much say anything that, so that everybody likes you and wants you. Okay. So that that's the politician. And then, then the fourth one is scientist. Mm -hmm. And the scientist is the one that, um, your curiosity is more important than your conviction. So you're more, it's all about curiosity and you look for reasons where if you have a thought, you look for reasons where you might be wrong and make sh- and you're not tied to being right. So you're, you're like, you're, you know, you know enough to know that, um, you're not right. You may not be right. You're humble. It's more being humble. I would say, I think I tend to be a prosecutor sometimes. <laughs> Do you? I think so. Like, having like thinking, oh, that's wrong. And I, and I, I mean, I hope I'm a scientist too, but of the three, I'm like, do I tend to say that's wrong? Um, I don't think I do a lot of, I think I'm right. Um, but I think I might, if I'm going to do this poorly, I'm going to start in the place of saying, oh, that's wrong. They shouldn't do that. Um, you know, uh, I think that's probably the easiest place for everybody to go. Because it's 
easier to say that like that others are wrong. Like it's easy to see what other people's are doing wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think I used to, in my previous life, I used to be more of a politician, but I outgrew that. Um, and, and hopefully I think I'm always been a scientist and I think I, I, I spend a nice amount of time there. Um, but I love this way of thinking, uh, rather than making it black and white, you know, either you're open-minded or you're not, which is where I tend to go in my thinking for an either or. Right. There's different situations where you might fall into all of these roles. So what is Adam's recommendation to keep in the right mindset of the scientist? So the scientist is to always be challenging why you think you're right or why you think people are wrong or um, the ex with this curiosity. One of the things that um, he said that really resonated with me is how do you know that? And it's worked really well with challenging myself and like, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think, well, I had a client who I was working with and I was coaching with her and, um, she said something about how she, somebody is asking for something, but she knows they need something else. And so we were having this conversation. I'm like, well, how do you know they need that? And we kind of dug into how she knew that. And she was, you know, she was, she's an expert in what she does. And so she was really leaning heavy on her expertise and her smarts because she's smart. And so she thought she could jump five steps ahead and say, they need this, but they wanted this. And so, um, we kind of took a step back and we're like, okay, what are the assumptions we're making right. to know that they need this and they don't need what they want? So, you know, asking yourself, how do I know that? Am I making assumptions? Is it something I was told as a child and it's just always stayed with me? Like I think of, well, me being afraid of snakes, you know, why am I afraid of snakes? It's because somebody told me I should be afraid of snakes when I was very young and it's just stayed with me forever. And there's never been an opportunity. Actually, there probably has been opportunities to like fix that, but I have not taken, <laughs> I have not pursued those opportunities. So anyway, that was one of the things he said, how do you know that? It's interesting. Uh, I'm thinking about the role of a consultant. And I think we talked about this either in the last episode, the episode yeah. before, but they really don't, you're most clients expect you to give answers without being a scientist. Cause that's what you're paid to do. And it's number one, it could take more time to ask questions, to seek, to understand. And they expect you to come in with the expertise to say, do this, do this, do this. So when you talked about the friend, most clients would expect her to come in and say, you know, depending on who is paying her to say, you're doing this wrong, this right, change this, which is counterintuitive to being the scientist in curiosity. Right which is the game, maybe game isn't the right word, which is the challenge. 
that I even remember back in my days of actively doing consulting all the time was appearances and how they really wanted me to come in as the prosecutor, right? Right, wrong, other, here are the steps you need to take. And they didn't really want to pay for the curiosity because I should have already known these things or very minimal curiosity. Get a baseline and then- But I will tell you, that's why a lot of it, like I think about your value coaching, you know, you don't come in and say, this is what you are. These are your values, right? Because what you do is you do the research, you do the curiosity, you do the assessment, you ask the questions and all that. And then it helps people get to that point. So you're, you're more curious and you get a better result when you're curious instead of just saying, Oh, I see you. I know your values. (laughs) And I I totally agree. Now I think I'm thinking back more to my prior life with business consulting. Yeah. I'm totally thinking about business consulting now and times have changed too, where other than, in fact, those checklists, it was a formalized checklist to hear the answers. And if you went beyond that, I mean, they wanted to go, they wanted straight. There was a lot in the business consulting, depending on what the need was, where they wanted you to come back with an answer. Interesting. So yeah, I always um, build assessment into my great idea project because it's like, I need to learn and ask questions. And right. And one time I will tell you, I was talking to a company and they wanted like a, a full process review. Like they wanted recommendations on processes. And I think they thought I was going to walk in and look and say, well, you should have this process and this process. And I'm like, no, it's going to take me a while to like understand what you have now and then be able to make recommendations. And, you know, they didn't. I don't think I worked with them because I don't think I ever got to that point of making recommendations for them because they didn't have the patience for me to learn what they were doing now. You know, um, it a good point overall, because number one, things aren't black and white. That didn't always happen, right? No. But it's good to understand that this isn't just self-imposed, that also people that we're interacting with they're not, they're not always expecting us to be a scientist. You know, how often are you asked for your opinion on things? And when you ask more questions or you don't want to share your opinion because you haven't formed it, you're then told, well, what, you know, where do you stand on this? Or how can you not know where you stand? It's almost a negative. I mean, I've had that happen before on different viewpoints, things that I just, and I'll stand back on certain stories that are very topical in the news and say, I I just don't know enough about it. Right. And there are, most people are very accepting of that. I'm going to go with most, but there are some that are like, do you not take the time? And how can you not, do you not find that they flip it? Like, do you not find it important? And so sometimes it's not easy to be a scientist is my point. Right. So but stand your ground. You don't have to be a preacher or a prosecutor or what was the third one? Preacher, uh, politician, politician, or scientist. I think yeah. most people, if you're being a scientist, maybe it's not so bad to turn into a bit of a politician for people who don't want to give you answers because at least you can walk away from the conversation. Yeah, if you need to walk away. 
But those are probably the preachers and prosecutors that are talking to you that want to know if you believe what they believe, if you think it's wrong or right, or, you know, and so sometimes it might be good to role model a little bit of a scientist approach of, you know, I don't know if I've, I've listened to both sides of the conversation, so I'm not sure where I'm at or, um, you know, I'm still trying to navigate this and figure out how to go forward with this. Like, I don't know the answer. Um, I, and see, that's me all the time. I always feel like I'm, I'm the one who I don't know the answer. (laughs) And I will tell you, I've gotten more and more, um, uh, comfortable. I'm going to say I'm more and more comfortable with being less and less opinionated. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's what I'm learning. I'm like, I, you know, I'm listening and I'm learning, but I'm not like creating an opinion, like a stand, like this is me. We had talked about this, Amy, I think it was even in our first season. And I don't remember which episode it is. And listeners, I went back and counted. I promised I was going to do this. Yeah. Yes. Last, last episode was this would actually, this episode would be 111, 111, our 111th episode. Nice. That is very good luck. (laughs) So in one of our early seasons, we talked about how sometimes when to decide when to walk away. Okay. And so part of being a scientist is at what point is it worth, do we have to be a scientist with everyone? And what we had talked about, and this was about being a scientist, when you were trying to, when when should you challenge in a conversation? When should you talk about, let's talk about both sides. And our conclusion was the other person has to be willing to listen and to have a two-way conversation. Otherwise it's fruitless, right? You're just talking to a wall. And I think the same thing applies here. You you can be a scientist, but if it's a one-on-one and you know that they have, you know, they're not going, whether they're a preacher, they're whatever they are, they're not willing to listen to both sides or have a two-way conversation. Sometimes you just have to just try to get out of the conversation. And the story I'll give is I was at a local college football game. And uh, the only reason I brought it up and I said later to my husband, note to self, never bring up the word vaccination with a stranger. But in my defense, the reason it came up, I had just met this couple is because she said, this is my husband. He started the X grocery store. That's where I go. And so we had small talk about how we went. Oh, and I love the floral person, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and by the way, I'm getting my flu shot there this afternoon. Okay. So I didn't purposefully bring up vaccinations with a stranger. (laughs) Just let you know, I will never do it again. I pretty much was told I was going to get a book on... COVID vaccinations about how many people, I mean, just the whole dissertation about how I shouldn't get that and never get the COVID. And, and I'm just sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, why did I bring this up? But if I could have, there's 500 ways to Friday, I could have had a scientific conversation or at least curiosity where it came from offer some of my, you know, other insights. But what I knew is that was the road to nowhere. Right. And so, but then I also wasn't going to become 
think of all the different things I could have become. I could have become a preacher to say, I'm getting my flu shot and I am right and you are wrong. And I could have been the prosecutor saying, well, I just know you're wrong. But I could have been all these things. I could even have been the politician and literally I was the diplomat. How about that? Because her husband kind of eyeballed me and he's like, do you need to get another beer to his wife? And I started making funny jokes about the beer and I changed the subject, Amy. And for you. So I'd say that was called that. So maybe, maybe another role is if in certain situations, if you, you can be a personal scientist to yourself, but if your curiosity says, I'm not getting anywhere with them, you could be a diplomat. Yeah, I think that's a good approach. One of the things that I thought of when I was reading through this was to be a scientist. I think you have to have a growth mindset. And so when you're approaching situations, you have a growth mindset and it could be just a situation. It doesn't have to be people. It could be you're watching something on TV, you're reading an article and you're being curious about it. And you're, so that's, you can be a scientist even about stuff like that. But then with people, I think to have a a good conversation, you both have to have a growth mindset. Like you both have to walk in with that, that wanting to learn and being open to learning. Because if you have a fixed mindset, so I'm guessing this person you were talking to had a fixed mindset about vaccinations. I sure think and, so. But I mean, I knew her for 15 I know. years. You didn't want to ask any questions to find out for sure. Right. right. <laughs> but, you know, there's no, um, it's harder to put yourself in, to sacrifice yourself for that conversation, because that's kind of what you have to do. Right. And frankly, if she regardless of what her opinion was, I have a lot of people that I know that don't believe in vaccination or for different reasons. And I open the conversation because I'm always learning and trying to figure out why and where did that come from? So again, I I, I really didn't feel like I went about it with you're wrong. I just knew the way the conversation was going, that it wasn't a discussion. It was, yeah. It was a, she was being the preacher. preacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was, which makes you kind of retract. It would make anybody retract and not think that it's safe to have a share an opinion. Right. You know? And so that's the other thing that curiosity and the scientific approach opens the door for others to share and give information. Love it. It's interesting. Um, Okay, going back to this armchair quarterback, I was thinking of that confidence exceeds competence, which is kind of the premise of it. And I started reflecting on times where um, confidence, where my confidence like exceeded competence. And then, so I started thinking of a job description Okay. You see a job description. You're like, well, I could do that. That would, I could do that. And then you start looking at the qualifications, which is your competence. And it's like, uh, I probably can't do that. Right. <laughs> like there are some things that I don't have that I need to have. Okay. Then I started thinking about how there's this study on men versus women and women 
if if they don't get every single check mark of the competence, the qualifications, they won't apply for that job. Whereas the men will be like, oh, I got two of them. I'm applying. <laughs> so, and so I'm wondering if this armchair quarterback is more um, prone to men. I'm just kind of tossing that out there. Maybe. I don't know. Um, did Adam say anything about that or no? I don't think he did. <laughs> it's like, this is just me putting a theory out there. Um and trying to figure out that balance of confidence and competence. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be an interesting study. My only comment on that, and I haven't applied for many jobs, but if I had like a potential client that said, here's what we're looking for. I think I tend to be overconfident because what I think is if they have a competence line, like here are all the things we need, I'll think, oh, they don't really need that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, they can get it done. Not always, but depending right. on what they are to yeah. say, okay, they think they need that or their HR person put, you know, whomever, somebody put something together and just to make it look good, they added these four things that really aren't that important. And I never thought about it this way, but that's probably a little bit of overconfidence too, right? Well, and being on the flip side of that, because I was just reviewing resumes for something and um, on the flip side, there is, there was never a resume that I looked at and said, okay, what's our list of things that we want and make sure that they checked every box. I never did that. There were some key things that I knew that we wanted and I kind of confirmed that, but the rest of it, you know, I, I didn't even check it. So right. <laughs> I'll just say, you don't have to meet every qualification. See? Yeah. All right. Well, we should probably sign off. This was a good conversation. And I do recommend, I know you have this on your read list. I would read it because it really is thought provoking. And I do think like for your values coaching for people, I like the, the way, um, the questions he asked to get you like, why do you think that? How did you know that? You know, just kind of as good that I've used it a lot with coaching the people that I coach, you know, up on the list. I really enjoyed the this. Conversation. There you go. All, All right. right. That's it. I'll talk to you later. Uh, 112 number 112. <laughs> right. Bye. <laughs> bye. Have a good day.